Hello, and welcome to the Smiley Sound Influences of Breton Smiley podcast. This is your host, Brett Marcotte, the creator of Breton Smiley. So who better to tell you about the influences of the music of the man than the man himself? So throughout time with my experience with music, I started probably around in third grade. And it kind of came from me just listening to music all the time and my parents realizing that I should put it to use. And when that came around, it was when I had started getting guitar lessons and kind of just expanded from there throughout the years. I had, had uh, tried to jam with friends, did bands, stuff throughout elementary school and then middle school rolled around, started to do a band in uh, middle school. So we were doing the trumpet. I also started around fourth grade. And from there, just learning the knowledge of music, applying it to other instruments, and I've applied it to piano, ukulele, mandolin, banjo, all sorts of different instruments throughout the years, and just have made it work as good as I can. And with Breton Smiley, I decided to use my influence from everything with music coming from just writing music, arranging music, and just loving this, just different techniques of recording music. Just I decided to bring it all together as good as I can and just create the uh, music machine, if you will, Brett and Smiley. And throughout this podcast, I will describe just different things that I've done, different techniques, how they work into the play of the styles of the music, just uh, every little way possible for all of my projects going from resume to as we speak the most recent being the beach tape with my man b rass who also goes by brassel whose real name is brandon hassel i know it's a lot to think about but it's uh that's the man man of many names he is my brother definitely from another mother the coolest dude on earth and helps me with a lot and i help him as well so Enough about him. He can figure out how to do this podcast shit on his own. But, uh, yeah, for myself, my whole approach to music and whole approach to recording is to do it yourself. And when I say that, I mean having yourself be the brand. You are the every little thing about it, the recording, the mixing, the mastering, the songwriting, the lyrics, everything, you should do it on your own. I, I look at artists like J. Cole, Russ, people of that caliber who do it all on their own and can independently say that I did this. Russ, I was watching an interview recently with him, and he looked on the wall next to him with platinum plaques, gold plaques, everything on, up near him, and he literally said, all me, every little bit about it. And if you go through his discography, a lot of it is. There's obviously features up there as well. And he, I'm sure he has had other collaborators over time. But when you look through his music, a lot of it is just Russ. And that's the only credits. And I've made that a point with my music. And if I do have people that I collaborate with, it's either a remix or our own entity. So that way, it's kind of an expansion of myself into theirs but it's a 50-50 project. We ensure that whoever I'm working with is 50-50, or it's three people, 33%. If it's five, four people, 25, five people, 20, whatever, you know? We just try to make sure that we have as equal as much as possible throughout our experience. And it's shown if you don't do enough work, 
you're out. That's, that's just how it goes for any kind of recording situation. And I just feel there's a new way of going about making music. There's a new way of going about distributing music when it comes to DistroKid, BeatStars, all those other distribution sites to be able to do it. But with that being said, there's other ways of going about being a producer and being a musician as well now. You can look into BeatStars, as I mentioned, that there is a site for Brett and Smiley and where I make my own beats separate from all my other projects. And it's just one of those, I'm not sure what to do with it. I don't know who it's going to end up with, but I would like to give it an offer to the people and see who exactly will fit the bill. Whoever listens to this beat can connect in a different way that I can. I made the beat. I know what it's doing. I don't know who else can do it. And plus, for example, we're in a pandemic as we speak. This is around uh, December 2020. And as we speak, you know, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the, with everything. We don't know who's going to... The vaccine's out. It is what it is. We'll wait and see, you know. But when 2021 hits, hopefully everything gets better and we can just roll on and continue things. But when it comes to BeatStars, it's nice because I can connect with different people. I have people I'm following from the UK, people I'm following from Russia, people I'm following from Af- South Africa... I think I saw one. It's a lot of different. The most craziest amount of people I've ever seen on social media platforms. And comment on each other's stuff. We make sure everyone's, you know, encouraged at the end of the day. So BeatStars being a great thing. I'm also looking into the moment doing a Brett and Smiley's portion of Splice and doing my own little sample packs and stuff like that so people can play around with the sounds that I like to play around with as well. But I create these sounds. I've I've done a couple projects where I have played with other people's sounds. It's incredible. I love Splice. Splice is the greatest, 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 greatest spot to look for samples. This isn't a promotion. They haven't asked me to do this. This is just the kindness out of my heart. I love Splice. They're an absolutely great, 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 great website. Highly recommend looking them up for samples. Stay hydrated, kids. Now, one of my favorite things about music is how other people can interpret music. When I came about my first project being released, I probably had about another six or seven albums that I was just kind of picking with. And I was like, what do I want to be the first? And do how do I want it to be an album? Do I want it to be a single I thought EPs are the nicest way to look at somebody's representation as an artist. A lot of people are doing six-song EPs, three-song EPs. For example, a big artist who I enjoy, Boogie T, he does a lot of three- and four-song EPs, and I think it's a really cool... I've never seen him do an album. If he does, great. That's good for him. But as we speak, he just frequently comes out with three-song EP projects. I call them three-Ps for uh, a little just conjuncting the words down but yeah I, lo- I love the projects i think they're just the funnest little like nice a quick little 10 minute things the grizz does the same thing as well he, the bangers projects big they're crazy and i love it every time just throw it on 10 minutes on the way to drive it somewhere you're just like holy shit you got a lot out of that couple of 10 minutes there those three songs so when i went about the resume ep I was like, I love a lot of music. I love a lot of styles of music. When I condense it down, 
to five separate types of sampling. And when I thought of those, it was more of what do I feel people will enjoy on a hip-hop drums. So you can hear different types. No demo being like a metal sample. I thought that was the coolest out of all of it. But when it comes to your interpretation of music, it's really up to you. You you have to decide, are you a fan of country? Are you a fan of hip-hop? Are you a fan of just melodic slow chords just being ambiently played on a keyboard? I think so many different ways that a person can interpret the seven notes in the scale. And at the end of the day, it really just... I've met a lot of people who share different opinions as I do. It doesn't matter how... Like, I show them, if I show my music and they don't like it, it's not my call. You know, I can't just be like, well, you should know. Is There's no nothing you can do about it. it. They don't like it, it's on them. And a lot of artists need to realize that. There are people out there who are just like, they think it's the end of the world because someone didn't like that one song. And I remember listening to, I think it was an Eagles interview on like a documentary. You can see it on Netflix. And Bob Seger was talking to them and said, when they said, oh, yeah, I don't know if the song will be good. And he goes, they're not supposed to be. It's your first songs. You keep writing them. Hopefully one catches and then you go from there. And that's really a way that artists should continue to make music. They should just make it on a whim. I mean, if it catches, it catches. If not, if not. I, at the moment, have multiple songs, multiple projects out. If they don't catch with somebody, it is what it is. They're available to the public, though. And if anybody wants to listen, they can go right ahead. It's the same with this podcast. Same with what every bit of content is now. Because content is streaming. As we speak, people only get these types of things from subscriptions of streaming. You can get it for free as well. Don't get me wrong from certain sites. But regardless, at the end of the day, it comes down to streaming. And either way, back to music. When it comes to interpretation of music, I think you should look at not only the artist, but you should also look at an albums of artists and when i say albums i don't mean just go in oh yeah that's a single that i enjoyed one time let me just play that and then ignore everything else and just kind of skip around that's not the way you should listen to an album in my opinion the proper way to listen to an album is just throw some headphones on somewhere sit on down doesn't matter what you do for your atmosphere literally just make sure you listen though my what i do as a producer i go through and i listen to the beats and the production and then i go back and listen to the lyrics and then i go back and listen to everything at once and that's just my way of going about things yeah sometimes it takes a while but other times i look at it as a nice little like how is this person doing something sometimes if it's just one listen and i don't want to go back who cares wasn't worth it but when it comes to the artist you have to look at Artists like Paul McCartney, for example, that man has listened to anything that he's done. It's different. And it's on a scale of an artist like Kanye West, who, if you know me, I speak about him a lot. He's one of my favorites. And for this reason, if you listen to a bunch of different Kanye West songs, you're not going to get the same mood or experience. You're going to get a different sample, a different drum sound, a different lyric style you're gonna get like singing rapping you're gonna get all sorts of different stuff but then you look at someone like paul mccartney the man has 
if you didn't know, he has an alias called Fireman, and that is a electronic project of his, where it's more like EDM. And if you are an EDM fan, I highly recommend looking at that project. That project just goes through the test of time as one of the greatest experiences, just sitting back and kicking it and listening. So when you look at albums, I mean, you have to also look at artists and how they, what I enjoy doing, for example, is artists through acting and comedy. Like, I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. As of recently, he started bringing up people in interviews who started to influence him. And I'm thinking, who can this man listen to? And who, who, who makes these thoughts happen the same way Dave Chappelle does? And he mentioned Don Rickles, for example. As soon as I watch like the first couple things of like old roasts that Don Rickles did or old Carson interviews Don, Don Rickles did, I saw the influence immediately. I was like, this man is clearly uh, just, just everything. Everything the man touches on from race, religion, uh, just to, to keeping up with the times of the jokes. They're all great things. But you have to look at the same thing with music too. And I think the way you're to do that is interviews, podcasts, whatever you can get from the artist. For example, you think of, you have Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar has an influence of Dr. Dre. If you've never heard Dr. Dre before that sitting, A, you're missing out. He's one of the greatest artists to ever live. And B, you have to kind of go through a huge catalog of music. And once you go through that catalog of music, and then you have to think to yourself, like, who, what else does he do? His music alone is good enough with the features. They have to branch off and see, you know, Eminem, The Firm, Snoop Dogg, like, NWA, every little thing that Dre, uh, Dr. Dre has touched and has, done, like, a fade or two or whatever, the, the man or a drum sample, whatever the man has done, it's a massive catalog of music. Quincy Jones, for example. You just hear the name, it kind of sounds catchy. You're like, I think he sounds famous. The man f did music for Michael Jackson. The man did film scores. Austin Powers, for example. He has a major influence on the way music is popular in popular music, but also in movies and everything else. So if you're yourself, you are a brand. You are someone you represent yourself and you need to in every way, hone that craft in whatever way possible. If it's music, great. If it's directing film, great. If it's podcasts like this, great. Whatever your craft is, hone it and continue. And I think that's a good segue into our next uh, idea of music is uh, film score influences and movie influences. I think movie influences have an amazing amount on music. For example, if you listen to Conway the Machine of Griselda Records, or you listen to West Side Gun, his brother, the two of them use a lot of movie samples. I have heard Scarface samples, the Lee Verita chant on one of the Conway, I think it was Conway and Benny, whoever it was, it was someone in Griselda, and I remember, never forget hearing it on there, and I was, it just brought me back to that scene. I was like, holy crap, the Lee Verita chant, and it just like, Whatever happened next in the album, I was like, oh, shit, we went, we're back in the music now. And i never, never forget, too, there's another scene of, uh, I believe, it sounds like Ray Liotta, and I believe it is a scene out of Goodfellas, where he says, like, where did you get the steak like this, man? Like, whatever the scene is, it is, like, just so cool, because, like, I can just, you're sitting there at the beginning of whatever the project, EP, whatever, 
and you're like, wow, this is taking me back to this music. I'm like, whoa, how did it get into that? So when it comes to your influence for music, it shouldn't just be your musical influences. If your lyrical writing also includes the way that you watch movies, Kid Cudi's a good example. The man just dropped Man on the Moon 3 recently. You can hear Scott Pilgrim. Quick little snippet of it. If you don't know Scott Pilgrim, you're going to go back and you're going to be like, what? Who? What was that from? You're going to look at the samples. You figure the movie out. You might watch the movie. Great. But that's a nice little thing with hip-hop. It's part of the culture. Just samples little things. This is recent music, though. If you want to go through time in hip-hop, there's plenty of different hip-hop songs that have also just sampled movies. I mean, there's if you look at the influence of movies as well through hip-hop, Ice Cube's a huge movie writer. You as a person can brand off and do whatever you want. When it comes to writing, writing is writing. You take the stories, you put them to whatever way possible. You put them to music, you put them to the film, you can put them to, you can put them to podcasts like this, whatever way possible, get them out there, you know? I think that my favorite uh, thing about Kanye growing up and w- watching his uh, record company grow is it was good music. Getting out our dreams was the acronym. So when you saw good, it was just kind of like, yeah, good music, great. Uh, you know, I'm glad to hear it. It is good music. And you didn't think much more into it. But if you knew the meaning of the company, it meant a lot more to you as a person. And, you know, when it comes to you writing your own music and uh, thinking of all of these things, tying them into all together, you also have to think of what way you want to go about the songs. I personally, I, I like I had said earlier, I had started on guitar. So if I pick up a guitar, it's easier for me to hit a G chord, a C chord, a D chord, and just kind of fiddle around until I get A minor, E minor, whatever possible, and whatever voicings possible to get me to think of the possible ways of songwriting. Once I do that, then it comes into what do I want next? You know, drums. If I'm beat making, that's where I start is the drums. But if I'm songwriting, I start with a guitar or a piano. But mainly a guitar, because that's my main instrument. And you have to continue and think to yourself, what's going to sound? Is this going to be a nice little four-piece band, old-school Beatles kind of thing, like early the 60s, just... Like, is it just going to be random little riffy kind of stuff? Or do you want to take it, arrange it with some keyboards... And do multiple layers and multiple voicings and multiple different... That's where DAWs come into play. And I think DAW is the greatest thing to happen to music within the last century. Digital audio workstations, or DAWs as we call them, DAWs as well, they are... You can take whatever progression you want and create the most beautiful music. I'll never forget to this day... text you about this, Justin, and uh, tell you I did this, but uh, my man Justin Wirtz, he uh, he showed me, we, we wrote music back together back in the day, to start, and it was a lot of goofy music, one of them was literally called Booyaka Shy, and it was like just a crazy chord progression, and like 13, 11 times, it was the craziest, most ridiculous crap, and, and, and I hope he still has it around somewhere, I, I loved it. That's that little project. We always talk about it to this day. I played banjo on another one, and we, we had a great time making songs together. But he showed me logic for the first time. And I was a big Ableton guy, and I also did uh, 
experimented a little here and there with GarageBand, but I didn't know anybody who had Logic and who could describe to me what this was. So when he showed me, first of all, I'd, I'd heard his album. I loved it. I just uh, hit him up. It's a project called Wurtz. And uh, Eventides is the, is the name of the album. And listening to just everything he had on it, I was amazed. I'm like, how did you pull this off? It's just a beautiful collections of ocean sounds and keys and vocal sound. It was just, oh, to this day, I love thinking about it. And he just showed me the MIDI mapping and every little thing he did. And to this day, I will just always approach music differently. It is... One of those things of, I always, I look at that and I just remember like, he was like, yeah, I remember taking these chords originally. I was like, all right. So I I like to use my ukulele a lot when I go out into a hike and go sit by the ocean or something like that. And I'll just play like little chord progressions and things like that. Cause he, he told me that like, I can take those chord progressions and put them in the DAW. So it's what I do now because he gave me that knowledge years ago. Thank you again, Justin Wirtz for that. It's a beautiful gift you gave me. And uh, I'm no word of a lie. He told me it was only $200 for everything. And I think within 24 hours, I went and bought it with probably the last $200 I had at the time. I didn't care. I was like, I need this. This is, this is going to be a huge, I don't use logic often, but I'm, every time I open it, I'm amazed. There's always a new update. There's always something. And again, they don't pay me to say this stuff. This is just kindness in my heart. I love every little keyboard that I've found everything that logic but as i said instruments are a huge factor in music so when you listen to the chord progression on your guitar you might be like you know what this sounds nicer in a higher register i my recommendation if you like to take the voicings of a chord and mess around have a keyboard nearby and it doesn't matter it could be a whole 88 key keyboard or just a smaller uh smaller scale i have one in front of me now it's uh like think 32 key whatever it is small and i can go up and down the scale on the daw with it but it helps me you go from lower register notes to higher register notes so i can be like you know what this sounds good on a ukulele for example or go a little go about like another octave down be like yeah i think this sounds good on a uh, a mandolin whatever it may be and then you can take these things and then, for example, have the keyboard be your bass. You can go all the way down and then just make your own little bass riffs and whatever else you want to do. But when it comes to music as well, you have to also go about your genre. And in my opinion, I do not believe you should start with your genre. I believe that you should look into... Whatever your sound is, whatever you think that you can uh, accumulate on the DAW first, and once you have done that, you can just go whatever direction you want, really. It's, uh, you want to throw some hip-hop drums on it, go for it. Keep it slow, go for it. You can do a lot of different stuff with a lot of the technology now. But I think the most important thing to do first is, as I said, keep it genreless. Because genre really does put you in a box. You can't just be the rapper. If, you, if that's what you would like, to just be the rapper, of, and that is solely what you do is you just rap. I'm not putting you down. I think it's a great thing that, that is your craft and what you want to do. 
But as a creative person, I feel like I don't want someone just thinking that I am just a rapper or I am just a singer. I, will, I want people to also look into the fact that I have countless production of just different beats and different things that, like all around as well. That's me, you know, that's me as an artist. That's just how I go about my business. But you have to hone your own craft and continue with whatever way you want to go. And the first thing to know about yourself is the genre and how you're going about it. But it shouldn't just be hip hop if you want. If you want to experiment and do a little rock and roll too, who's to say you can't? You know, you can take your brand itself, combine it with somebody else's, and create albums, create EPs, projects, songs, singles, whatever you want to do. There is no reason to put yourself in a box, though, is all I'm saying with genre. And a lot of people do, and that's what kind of gets me upset with a lot of artists that I have encountered is like there's certain ones that i'll be showing them beats and everything and i would usually have my guitar handy when i'm when i'm doing this but it makes me laugh when i'm doing that i'll just show them like quick little things that i've just been doing for a long time on guitar and they're way more impressed with that i'm just like well you should have just asked about that first man it is what it is but when it also comes to influence on music you shouldn't also continue to dig back through time as i was mentioning earlier but that comes to saying you shouldn't just dig back as far as the Beatles or Elvis Presley or Frank Sinatra. They're great people, and they did great things in music. But you have to keep on looking back. You have to look. If you want to go back all the way to ancient times and look, there's some beautiful music in the Renaissance era that's re-recorded now. You know what I mean? There's beautiful music all around. And I love the people like Jay Dilla, rest in peace. He's a great person who would just take random samples of things and just make it hip-hop. Do it. Find things. Find things. I like listening to old blues, for example. Robert Johnson's one of my absolute favorite, 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 favorite guitarists. Some people rank him as number one over Hendrix in some of people's opinions, and you can see where they're doing it because the man had the hands of a legend. There's an old story. You can go to, uh, what the hell is it? You can go up in Boston to House of Blues, and there's on the wall, they, they tell a story of. Uh, I went down to the crossroads and you'll have to read it and experience it for yourself. But it is a beautiful story. But anyway, when it comes to music, you should absolutely just keep on digging for your influences. Never stop. And when I say never stop, I mean keep on exploring. Take whatever bit of sound you can, whatever bit of anything anything possible hook it up to a microphone play around with it for a little bit sample and just enjoy it there's no reason to not be creative now the technology is there your laptop you can invest in decent equipment to throw your microphone through i don't have better equipment than the next guy but you just as i said at the beginning of the podcast you can do it yourself though and you can continue you can continue to do it yourself throughout life. And if it doesn't work, I would ever go back to doing your own nine to five or whatever the hell you want to do, you know? But as long as you keep the content coming, I don't see a reason why it can't work for you. Till next time, this is Brett Marcotte, the creator of Brett and Smiley. This is Smiley Sound, influence of Brett and Smiley. Thank you for listening. <laughs>